It's the When Fishing Podcast. Applying techniques. Then I put the sea rigs on the A rig. Fresh ideas. They can't all be good ones. Talking stories. <laughs> reports. Conservation. Probably too close. All to make you and I better fishermen. Hello and welcome to another week of this. Uh, start out with a report, then we'll get into some tweaking, and then we'll get into some other stuff. So, uh, I had all of one trip this past week due to wind and rain and, uh, a little car trouble. So, uh, one time I got out was by boat, uh, under the presumption I was kind of scouting for just about anything. Uh, ended up checking out some new contours and stones, uh, looking for bass and halibut. Um, pretty tough bite. The water temp was very nice. Uh, it was right out of the harbor. It was 60 to 61. Dropped down to maybe 55 in certain spots which is where it's been since about february 54 to 56 has been pretty standard so to see like 60 61 was impressive uh yeah so i ended up with only uh three sand bass but they were like two to three pounds uh the three pounder was the same length as the two pounders but the shoulders on it was uh impeccable been hitting the gym but uh the weather was pretty good a lot better than i thought it'd be so i really thought that the days after that the forecast was supposed to be pristine the day after but then like within like 24 hours it like switched over to like nah don't go out this is gonna be shit and it uh was very much that it was very much shit so i didn't go um yeah, and the rest of the week was uh, rain and wind and swells. Oh my. And uh, then yesterday my car had a little hiccup, so it's in the shop now. So I would have gone this morning, I think. But nope. So here I am. But yeah, so that was one one little day. There wasn't a whole lot of bait around. Uh, uh, there was quite a bit of shit in the water from the rain and all that all that washing out of the river the local rivers and harbors and stuff like that uh nothing too crazy it was pretty well chopped up and uh in concentrated in tide lines and stuff like that and uh there was some clear water some dirty water some very dirty water but no red tide or nothing like that just uh just a little brown stuff here and there. Uh, so, yeah. So there was all that. And then I also heard that there was uh, uh, some bluefin tuna. 18 bluefin tuna for 24 anglers on a three-day trip on the Polaris Supreme. That's some um, hot fishing, but it's uh, on the plate now. So now I'm sure once the weather gets a little bit more consistent, there'll be more boats going out there. And then... Uh, I heard that they may or may not be local, so I'll be 
on my toes. I'll be checking them out in uh, very short order. So then I'll get to uh, test some new ideas. Onwards to the segment of Tweakin. Well, this guy thinks he's Captain Knots. Thinks he's Captain Tying Knots. When everyone needs some knots tied, they go to him. Bullshit. Bullshit. So last week, I was talking about dropper loops. I was talking about drop shots. And uh, replacing those with something stronger if need be particularly dropper loops, dropper lines. Uh, the dropper loop has somewhere in the range of like a 40 to 60% breaking strength, which is not great. Um, I found a few different ideas for what to replace that with. Uh, it was recommended by internet pal Tim, shout out, and that about the the blood bite knot which he's been using and uh, so I looked at it and I realized that it's basically the same thing as a seaguar knot um, except coming at the knot from different approaches the seaguar knot is attaching basically it's a mainline to leader knot and then the blood bite knot is a loop knot in the middle of the line but if you look at them closely, you'll realize they're the exact same thing, except uh, coming from different approaches of whether you're just doubling over line, or if you're like if you're doubling over your main line, or if you're uh, attaching uh, the leader. But it's the same thing, just like what I said twice over just now. So. Uh, it kind of gave me an epiphany that uh, you could probably, if you have the mind to do so, you could look at some different loop knots and you could look at some different mainline to leader knots and they, it might be possible to use uh, mainline to leader knots and reconceptualize them because they have four ends and that's basically what you end up with with a dropper loop or any similar like middle of the line loop knot uh, you end up with four ends uh, coming out of the knot so you could potentially turn certain mainline to leader knots and reimagine them into loop knots that's a uh, I'm sure it'll pose an issue for some but uh, it seems possible and uh, you might be able to come out on top with uh, an even stronger loop knot. It's an idea that I had. So I haven't been able to test that. I just know that there are a couple that line up like that now that, I, now that I've poked around. I know the dropper loop is eerily similar to the surgeon's connecting knot. Uh, and then the blood bite too is similar to the seaguar, and then I'm sure there's some others, but yeah. So there's that. Um, and then uh, in other not naughty news, uh, I did some testing on the Palomar as like a drop shot, but also testing the tag end strength, basically seeing if your sinker were to get in a, in a drop shot rig, if your sinker gets caught in uh, 
you know, on the bottom. Like, is that going... Is is it going to pop off? Is that tag end from the hook going to pop off? Uh, is, is it, like, compromised if you pull from one end and not the other, as uh, a lot of loop knots uh, will be compromised if you pull from the tag end or the bitter end or whatever you want to call it? Um... If you pull on the tag end of a dropper loop, it's like a 30% strength. If you pull on, the, as opposed to pulling on the loop, you get like 40 to 60%. So if you pull on the tag end of a Palomar, are you getting the same 90% um, as you are from pulling on the hook uh, that's tied to the tied with the Palomar knot, or are you getting less? And uh, you're getting about the same. I uh, tied a, a San Diego jam to like a sinker, and then Palomar on the hook, and then pulled, and uh, in my various tests, it seemed like the the two knots would alternate in breaking, which uh, in my very uh, small, uh, minute abilities with, uh, with the logical function of my brain, uh, I think you can conclude that they're about the same breaking strength, so the tag end doesn't break, uh, isn't comp- doesn't have a compromised tensile strength. So you could theoretically attach like multiple drop shot hooks to the same rig, uh, or you could add like a dropper line by uh, doing like a Palomar to a sw- just a two-way swivel, and then having a leader off the other end of the swivel, and then uh, you could just avoid three-way swivels by doing that, and you could have a stronger uh, you could have a stronger set of connections by doing that instead of dropper loops. So. That's that's a that that was my tinkering for the week, and then I also realized while uh, looking at all these knots uh, that the so I've got two two braid to leader connections that I use one for heavier like forty plus forty pounds plus and then forty uh, I use a FG and then forty pounds and under I use uh, now I use some sort of alteration of an Albright. I'll get into that. I was using a uni knot, uni to uni, and I kind of stopped using that because I found that it was bulky in certain circumstances, uh, and then it seemed to fail um, often enough that I lost confidence in it. I've heard that it's a great knot. I've heard that it's a not-so-great knot. I've decided... For myself, that uh, I don't really love it, so I moved on to the uh, an improved version of the some. I'm not even going to say it's improved, but um, the a version of the Albright. So uh, my air of uncertainty uh, surrounding this is that I moved. I I looked at the Albright special or Albright knot, and then I looked at the Alberto knot. And uh, the Alberto knot is like you go through the you make a loop with your nylon leader uh, between your fingers and then you twist up the loop and then you twist back down over your previous twists and then you go back down through the loop uh, with the braid and then you pull tight and that to me that's like uh, extra steps if I, that I don't want to do and then like if if you're not you start to worry about you know passing the braid up and back down like symmetrically uh and that and then if you're doing that in the wind and all that shit it can be like what are you doing uh 
So, uh, uh, so I don't really like that one. And then the Albright, the regular Albright, I must have not just interpreted it correctly. Uh, I must have just looked at it once and then uh, didn't like the results of me tying it wrong. Because you're supposed to uh, basically put the braid through the loop and then you go, then you bring the braid up the loop straight and then you wrap down towards the end of the loop and then put it, put the end of the braid back down through the loop. And then uh, I was doing, and then I found, I can't find the source of how I do it now. So I'm not sure if I misinterpreted my source or if it does exist and I'm totally right to do this. But regardless, what I'm doing now is uh, serving me well. So I've validated it through experience where I go through the loop with the braid and then I twist up away from uh, the loop of the nylon. And then I, without twisting back down, I just feed the braid through the loop and then I feed it through again. I like wrap it um, and pull tight. And that has not really failed me. It failed me once, but uh, uh, other than that, it's uh, it's been good. And that was on heavier leader. So I'm kind of wondering if like it just didn't um, it didn't tighten down correctly or like uh like i ended up tying an fg right after that so it was definitely heavy enough leader that like maybe the the bend of the of the nylon wasn't uh was a little bit too like working itself loose so uh yeah with light leaders this version of my alberto or of my albright works really well um haven't had any issues with light line so that's my new thing with uh, braid, braid to leader. So yeah, knots. That was knots. Fish. Bluefin are right-handed. So what I learned on the internet I found on a podcast that uh, somebody mentioned for like a total of like 20 seconds on, uh, what was it? It was the Seabros podcast, and it was the guest. I'm not sure if this was a recent episode or not. I kind of skipped around, but I know I listened to this particular tidbit relatively recently. Um, somebody brought up, like, have you ever noticed like that, like, if uh, the fish are oriented one way or another, like left-handed or right-handed, depending on how they get hooked, and uh, the sea bros were like, "No, we haven't really paid attention to that." Like, what's what, do you? And he was like, "Yeah, I kind of noticed that they're like right-handed. Like they turn when they bite, they turn right, and uh, so they end up with the hook in the left corner of the jaw, facing forward." All right in the port side of the fish. So what's the internet have to say about it? Well, historically, bluefin, left-handed bluefin, were routinely accused of consorting with the devil during the excesses of the Inquisition and the witch hunts of the 15th and 16th centuries. Left-handedness was considered sufficient to identify a fish as a witch and to contribute 
to their subsequent condemnation and execution. And even in today's left-leaning world, peer pressure may lead left-handed fish to conform to the ways of the right-handed school. So ain't that something. So that was the information I needed for my uh, continued experimentation with circle hooks and putting them onto things that they shouldn't be put onto, including artificials. Uh, so I've put some circle hooks where like the point where like the open the the open side of the hook is on the left side so that they can turn so the fish turns into the uh uh into the hook correctly and i put it on like a pencil popper and i put it on to a couple of rapala magnums and i put it on to i might did i put it on to the uh, the high speed trawler yet i might have i don't know but those are the kinds of things that i would that i put it on like stuff that like i know is oriented the same way all the time i don't know much about like trolling feathers and trolling skirts and stuff like that like i don't know if they're like always oriented in the same position or if they like slowly like twist around in the water or what so i gotta um i'm not well uh, versed in that and so we'll we'll have to do some segments on learning about that in the future What's next on the menu? What's the game plan? Well, I'll tell you what the game plan is for the week in my neck of the woods. I hope to get my car back from the shop tomorrow, which means Saturday morning. Um, I'll be... I might fish behind the Long Beach break wall, maybe. And that's pretty much all I'll be able to do for the next few days if I do get out. Um, that looks looks like the swell is still a bit sporty, and uh, the tides are relatively nice, at least through the weekend. Well, no, afternoon. Like once you get past eight a.m., then it's that like slow, slow, slow tide. Not really much current. So yeah, uh, I'm not sure what you want to do with that. Um, and then uh, it'll be raining through Wednesday into Thursday with like the swell building. And then it starts to drop off. And, uh, and then by next week for the ground fish opener, it looks like it'll be nice enough weather to sneak it in in the morning on a small boat. Uh, maybe you could do a little bit more damage on the big big boats but the swell won't be bad there's the afternoon wind will be uh something to consider but uh yeah so and then the water temps are probably looks like they're gonna maybe drop back down a little bit through the week although they're gonna be warm ish warmish through uh by like monday tuesday that's a good sign. Things are warming up. Spring is coming. The tuna will be coming. The thrashers will be coming. And, uh, yeah, maybe I'll hit some freshwater stuff. Look for, uh, I know I've got a, a, a pleco to, to check off my list somewhere around here. So maybe I'll give that a go. That could be worth, worth a, worth a gander. Uh, 
and uh yeah but you know this this rain and this wind and all that's no good no good for for what we're doing here no good for a podcast unless we want to talk about knots all day for all 31 minutes of the podcast but um yeah seems like seems like things are are looking up slowly but surely is there anything else i want to add yeah there is uh i was i was reading some discussions on el nino and uh and somebody said, oh, yeah, during that 1983 El Nino, there was a tornado in Los Angeles. And I'd never heard of that. So I went and Googled, like, tornadoes in, in Los Angeles. And then I saw a uh, an article written 12 hours ago at the time. Uh, uh, tornado strikes down... What do you say? It, um, it touches down touchdown in montebello which is east la and uh injured three thoughts and prayers and destroyed a bunch of stuff so that's pretty wild um first of all the timing of just like when was the last time there was this tornado oh 12 hours ago and like the last time one happened in los angeles was like 40 years ago or something like that and uh uh almost to the day perhaps that's pretty exact 40 years but uh uh yeah so Apparently, uh, an El Nino is projected this year, as they tend... I don't know, there's always a projection for it. But uh, our, our weather's been silly, and so we might get some, some warmer water fish this year, and maybe the bluefin in SoCal might might disappear. Apparently, uh, they showed up when, uh, in 2014-2015, there was a... Uh, a weather bubble that brought the huge biomass of anchovies into Southern California, and those have since stuck around. And so the bluefin have since stuck around, and uh, and they've been feeding on the anchovies. So we've had this unusual to us fishery of these bluefin, and so we're all getting used to it. But there is a small, well, I don't know, per, perhaps a reasonable possibility that a uh, uh, an El Nino like this uh, just shoves the bluefin right out of our zone, and then we're left with what we had before. So, see what happens through the year. Keep an eye on it. Uh, perhaps we get some cool stuff. Perhaps we lose some cool stuff. Who knows? What do you What do you want? I just started a uh, an email account for this podcast. Uh, you can. Email me at uh, whenfishingpodcast at gmail.com and you can send in uh, discussion points to talk about. Uh, you can uh, you can say, you know, pretty much whatever is relatively appropriate and uh, there's a good chance at this stage that I'll respond to it and talk about it on, on the air. So we'll see. Uh, that's a fun little thing. I, I wouldn't mind throwing in a an email segment, so that's why I created it. So get on that. And you could also potentially uh, uh, DM me on Instagram, where I'm when fishing with Jeremy Arota, uh, and you can DM me and say stuff that's relatively appropriate. <laughs> and and uh, and I'm fairly responsive. I like to think. Uh, I don't got too much else going on. I'm busy, but you know, 
see what happens. I like I like talking talking shop, obviously. So, yeah, get on that, and I'll get on it, and together we'll get on to something. So, that's uh, that's all that. Is there anything else I have to say? We talked about knots. We learned about bluefin. We learned more about bluefin. We learned about the weather. We learned about reports. We learned about the game plan. It's a pretty full show, relatively-ish, right? So, all right. Uh, have a nice week, and uh, good luck out there.